guys, Jared Love back here with you on the Dad Tired Podcast, and it is so good to be with you. If you're brand new to the Dad Tired Ministry, welcome. Super glad to have you. Uh, come hang out with us. We've got a closed group over on Facebook with thousands of guys from around the world who are trying to take their faith, their family, and their marriage very seriously. We really would love to have you come be part of that community and get to know you and uh, all that good stuff. So you can do that by going to dadtired.com. Click the community tab. It will link you over to that group. If you haven't picked up the devotional, uh, Stop Behaving, it's written specifically for the men of the Dad Tired community. It's a four-week devotional that talks about how the gospel radically impacts your heart, your marriage, your family, and your work. And speaking of that, we're actually doing a conference on May 26th in Houston, Texas. Um, and it will be like a Stop Behaving or a Dad Tired One Day conference. And we would love to have you come be part of that. It's just one day. So if you're anywhere within four hours driving distance, you should come hang out with us. Uh, we'll do a meetup the night before. I'll post some information about that on the Facebook group. And then we'll start the conference bright and early Saturday. Uh, and it, it should go about from 9 o'clock to 3 o'clock. We'll have breakfast and lunch for you. We'll hang out as a bunch of uh, dudes who are trying to figure out what it looks like to submit ourselves to the kingship, the lordship of Jesus, have the gospel radically change and transform our lives so that we can be the husbands and men and dads that God has called us to be. Um, I'm going to take this conversation, this podcast, in a little bit of a weird kind of dark turn. Uh, Wow, who doesn't silence their cell phone while recording a podcast? This is embarrassing. I'm going to unedit this. It's my wife. Hey, babe. How are you? I'm good. I am recording a podcast as we speak. (laughs) Can I, can I, I love you. Can I call you back in about four minutes? Uh, That's not true. Probably 20 minutes. Love you. I'm going to keep that in there just so you show, so you can see this is real life. I had a mentor tell me once, no matter what the situation is, uh, it doesn't matter what the meeting is or how intense it is. If your wife calls, always answer. Uh, and he would do that. We'd be in like the most intense conversations. And if his wife called, he would just pick up the phone. And so he taught me to do that. So even while I'm staying true, man, even while recording a podcast, if my wife calls, I'm answering the phone. But I am going to silence it because that's super embarrassing and unprofessional. Anyway, it uh, came at the worst time because I was saying I'm, I'm going to take the, this episode in kind of a dark um, turn, I guess. And there, here's the thing. And this last week, uh, as many of you know, if you follow on Instagram um, or uh, I guess on Facebook, but I, I post a lot on Instagram, but. Uh, I was on vacation with my family. I partnered with Holiday Inn and got to enjoy one of their resorts with the family, and it was really awesome. Anyway, we're on vacation, but this last week, even while on vacation, we found out that two people uh, in our lives had committed suicide this last week. And man, it was just heartbreaking. Suicide is always unexpected. It's always uh, the the people that you um, just did not expect to take their own life. Um, it's a really, really shocking and kind of jolting to your soul news. And we heard it twice this week. Um, so it, it's just been like a kind of a bizarre week in that sense. We, it was really relaxing and um, restful for our family, but also this weird jolting of our soul uh, for these two people that were in our lives. They weren't close friends or family, um, but two people who would we, we had interacted with in our lives that had taken their own lives this last week. And man, it was just, it, like I said, I don't know how else to say, it, but it's just kind of like this jolt to your soul. Um, 
yeah. So anyway, I've, I've got all kinds of thoughts running through my head on that. Anyway, I just, I didn't, I had no plans on taking the podcast and even talking about it on this episode. But uh, for whatever reason, man, as I was uh, thinking about this episode, thinking about talking to you guys and hanging out with you guys today, I just felt pressed on my heart to share. I imagine out of the thousands of guys that listen to this podcast, that there's probably somebody, if not a few somebodies, um, who have toyed with the thought or who are playing out in their mind what it would be like to take your own life. Uh, and I imagine, uh, um, if you know, if I could just speak like honestly, if, I imagine that there are probably some of you who are playing with that thought and the only thing that's actually keeping you from acting out on that um, thought of taking your own life is probably your kids. Uh, I'm just taking wild guesses here. Obviously, I don't know your story. But I know that there are many people, many guys, I've talked to guys who um, are in just really dark spots in their heart. And um, and the thing that's like keeping them going right now is their kids. And dude, I just want to say, man, if that's you, bro, uh, would you reach out to somebody uh, a close friend, somebody, a pastor, um, somebody that you trust and just let them know where you are. Get it out of like the dark areas of your heart and your mind and just put it out in the light. And I think you'll be amazed at just like saying some words out loud, um, what it what it would do for your soul and to give your soul some relief. Here's the thing, man. Two things I want to remind you of. Number one, the scripture teaches that if we confess with our mouth that we have sinned, that God is faithful and he is just to forgive us of all our unrighteousness, meaning this, um, there are five episodes, there are five examples, or there are five stories of suicide within scripture, and all five of those have to do with shame. And I imagine that what you're feeling right now is probably a sense of, if this is you, if you've been struggling with the thought of suicide, that you're probably feeling this feeling of shame and that there are no better options. Like you just cannot see past your current circumstance. And so one thing that I would want to remind you of, man, is number one, um, God has forgiven you. Like you are not under the burden of shame anymore. You don't have to live under that. Even if you feel like your wife won't forgive you, if nobody around you will forgive you, if nobody will love you. Dude, there is one opinion that matters about you, and that's God, the God who says that he thinks more good thoughts about you than all the grains of sand on the earth. And he didn't say that because you had all your stuff together. He said that because he knew you before you were born. He knew all the days of your life before you were ever born, and he still chose to save you, to love you, to pursue you, not because you're super righteous. This is the gospel. You are a wreck. God knew you were a wreck, and he still loves you relentlessly. And so, dude, if that's you, man, you can come out from under the shame. You can come out from hiding. The, the Bible is full of stories of people who are constantly hiding. Adam and Eve, the very beginning of Scripture, they sin, they feel that shame, and they literally hide in the trees from God. And God says, where are you? And he would say the same thing to you. You don't have to hide. The good news of Jesus is you don't have to have all your stuff together. And I don't care how bad it is. It's not worth taking your life, man. God is a God who can take really messy, broken, jacked up things, and he makes them beautiful. 
that's the good news of the Bible, that he takes brokenness, all of your bad decisions, all of your life circumstances, all the things that you have done to feel this overwhelming guilt, shame, frustration, uh, there's no end of your rope kind of thing, all of that. God takes all of it. He has a reputation of taking the messiest things of life and he makes them beautiful. So, dude, there's hope for you. Let me tell you, as somebody who's objectively outside of your life, who's not in the middle of your current circumstances, let me tell you, dude, honestly, there is hope. There's hope for you. There's a better decision. And your kids need a daddy. And if you're a mommy, your kids need their mommy, man. It's not worth it. Show your kids that God can take something so messy and he can make it beautiful. So number one, the first thing I would tell you is, dude, there's hope. God has forgiven you. Confess and you are forgiven. Like not get all your stuff together and you're forgiven, but you're forgiven right now. And and secondly, James says that if you confess to your brothers, if you confess to somebody else, you'll be healed. And, and, and so it's not just an issue of forgiveness. It's an issue of healing. And so, man, just find somebody anybody to just go confess, to tell them whether it's sin, whether it's hurt, whether it's shame, whatever you're feeling, just say it out loud. And I can, I promise you, man, the word of God is faithful. It will do what it says it's going to do and you will experience healing. Uh, and God will heal you from the darkness that you're feeling, man. So, uh, again, I did not mean to to talk about this. I did not mean to plan on taking this many minutes to talk about this, but my my heart is just heavy for those of you that are struggling, and maybe you're not even thinking about committing suicide. Um, you're just in a really dark place. Man, there's hope. Confess. Be released. Be freed from your shame. It's not so God can pour out condemnation. It's so that God can pour out his grace, that he can overwhelm you, that he could surprise you and like take you off, catch you off guard with his unfathomable grace for you. There's enough, man. You are not out of his reach. You are not out of what he's capable of healing and making beautiful. So hang in there, man. Your kids need you. They need to see the gospel played out, that he can take all the messiness of your life and he can make it beautiful. Um, So that's that, man. Hang in there. Please hang in there. You got it. There's hope. All right. yeah, that's a, that's a weird transition. Uh, you know what? I'm not even going to like go into a full podcast episode. I just want to encourage you guys with this. I, somebody encouraged me in this just in the last couple of weeks, and I just want to like pass that on to you. Listen, there's a lot of guys um, who there are many of you, there are many of us who we are in our late 20s, early 30s, maybe even early 40s, and you're feeling like, dude, what am I doing with my life? Um I feel like I'm going through an early mid midlife crisis where I'm just like, I, I thought my life would be at a different place than it is now. Uh, I thought I would be more of an adult. I thought I'd feel like I have more of a career <laughs> or I'd know what I want to do when I grow up kind of thing. And um, I know that there's just tons of us who feel that way. I think part of that's just kind of our millennial generation. Um, I guess what I, what I would want to say to you Uh, And really like what I'm preaching to myself is there is nothing more important. This is what was encouraged to me and I'm just passing off to you. There is nothing more important that you and I can be doing right now than raising the disciples, the little disciples that God has placed under our roof. Whether you have one kid or you have six kids or for some crazy reason you've got 15 kids, uh, maybe your foster parents, that'd be awesome, or you've adopted. Uh, however many 
little ones live under your roof. Man, there's literally nothing more important. Dude, it doesn't matter if you're delivering pizzas or cleaning toilets or shoveling manure, dude. It doesn't matter what your job is right now. It doesn't matter how much money you're bringing in. There is nothing more important than loving those little ones. Uh, and honestly, I'm just like reminding myself of that. And I'm just passing that reminder on to you that there, it just, there's so many of us chasing satisfaction and job and career and money and all this stuff. And man, it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is that we're so faithful to the ones that God has entrusted with. Uh, he's entrusted us with, and that's these little ones. It's our wives to love them and to serve them faithfully and passionately. It's these little ones to teach them what it looks like to submit to God, our Father, to to teach them the scriptures and to, to pour out every ounce. Man, I think all of us, the world would be such a better place if you and I, uh, man, who cares if we like lived in trailers or tents, if we were all in at raising passionate followers of Jesus, kids that love the Lord and would give anything to see his kingdom advance in the world. And uh, I'm just feeling that more than ever as I'm kind of struggling through my like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing or what God, how God wants to use me. I'm just feeling this over and over, like this overwhelming sense that there's nothing more important than just raising uh, kids who love Jesus and to be fully involved. Somebody said to me this week, it's interesting, I was having a conversation with another parent and they were saying how uh, their parents growing up like were good parents. You know, they like taught them how to be moral and, uh, you know, just here's the right and wrong thing to do. But they, they weren't like intentional. They never sat down and had these like really intentional conversations with them. And I thought that was interesting because that's that was true for me. I think I'll, I, I was just like thinking back on my friends. I think a lot of us, probably most of us had either a mom or dad, or maybe you were, you know, great or blessed enough to have both your mom and your dad around. But um, you had a mom and a dad or a mom or a dad who who taught you like w the right thing to do. Like you knew the things that you should and shouldn't do, but you never really knew the why behind it. Uh, and we just like learned to behave really well, which leads to shame and all kinds of other stuff. But we just like, you know, we were raised to to do the right thing and to go to church and to love God or whatever. And I just think that it that's fine. You know, that's good. That's better than being absent. But I think uh, when we think about in Deuteronomy, when the, when the scriptures say to as you're lying down and waking up and eating and walking, like whatever you're doing to constantly be pointing your kids towards God, I think that there needs to be this high level of intentionality. It has to be way more than just us showing up and like taking our kids to church once a week uh, because it's the quote unquote right thing to do. I think that it just, it, it involves so much time. Like, dude, traveling doesn't matter. I, I love to travel. I would love to travel like all the time every week if I could, but it just doesn't matter. My job doesn't matter. My dreams don't matter. The things that matter for this season of my life, I'm not saying that that stuff doesn't matter forever because God's wired you a certain way, but for this season of life, if you've got little ones, bro, the only thing that matters is that we're like home and we're intentionally invested in our kids. That's seriously like the only thing that matters right now. There's nothing more important you can be doing than to be loving your wife relentlessly and to be so intentional with your kids, have conversations with them, memorize scripture with them, study God's word with them, teach them about God as you're talking, as you're walking, as you're drawing, as you're playing in the yard, 
whatever you're doing, like constantly be pointing your kids to Jesus, be fully present and fully engaged with them. There's, there's literally nothing more important that we could be doing as men than that. We'll change the world. We'll li- I know that sounds so cliche, but we'll change the world. If everyone that listens to this podcast, man, if, if that's all we do is just fully engage with our kids to be fully present with them and to raise disciples of Jesus, we'll change the world. Um, and we'll be obedient to Matthew 28 when Jesus says, go into all the world and make disciples. Um, this is what it means. This is what it means for us to be in ministry, is to shepherd and to lead and to pastor the people under our roof really, really well. Um, oh, man, I'm just like talking a lot. <laughs> uh, I wish you were like here. I wish I know you're like listening to this. You probably have some headphones on. I wish you were here. It'd be much more interactive if we could have this like interactive conversation. But I'm sitting looking at a computer and I'm talking to myself. I'm getting really passionate, but there's nobody here. My wife was calling me earlier and this is getting weird. Uh, here's the last thing I'll say, man, and then we'll wrap up. And I'm going to just pray that you have a day that uh, is good and faithful and fruitful. Uh, here's the last thing I'll say. I told my wife last night as we were having dinner, eating leftovers, uh, I was telling her, um, that we need to start saying no to a lot of things and, um, and start saying yes to the things that we feel like God's called us to. We're just doing a lot of stuff like willy nilly, you know, like I've, I've signed my kid up for too many sports during the season. I've put Elijah in too many sports. I need to like cut back on that. Um, we're just doing too many things and it, like with no intentionality. We're just kind of like going wherever the wind takes us. And I don't like that at all. And I told her, you know what? We need to like say no to a lot of things. Trim the fat, trim the stuff in our schedule that just doesn't make sense for the glory of God and what he's calling us to do. And uh, start saying yes to like a very few things and say yes with tons of intentionality. I want like four recurring things on my calendar and I want them to fully align with what God's called him calling me to do. So I would highly recommend that you do that. Like me and my wife had an audit of our calendar. We just pulled up everything over the next 30 days. What's on the calendar and what shouldn't be there? What doesn't need to be there? What could we eliminate from the calendar in order to just say yes and do really, really well the things that we feel God's calling us to. Um, so that's, that's something we're doing this week. And I, would encourage you to do as well. Let me pray for you. I haven't prayed for you guys in a long time, and I just feel the sense that I want to pray for you. Jesus, for the guy who is struggling, for the person who may be listening to this podcast who is struggling with thoughts of suicide, of ending their life, um, God, I imagine, God, my heart's just heavy for that person. God, I imagine that just the depths of hurt and shame and pain that they're feeling to think that it would be better to end their life than to uh, try to wrestle through this, God. Would you remind them that they're not alone? God, that you've never been a God that's been distant. You've never been a God that just watches people struggle and say, I hope you can figure it out. Literally, God, from Genesis to Revelation, you've been this God who's walked right near people. You walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. You walked with your people throughout the desert. You were with them. You showed up, Emmanuel, God, with us. You've always been with broken and messy people. And so, Holy Spirit, would you supernaturally remind your children, your sons, and your daughters, that you are with them, that you have not forsaken them, that you have not abandoned them, that there's still hope, that there's nothing too messy or broken for you to fix. 
God, that you actually take pride, that you delight in taking messiness and making it beautiful. That's why the scriptures say that it's in our weakness that you're made strong, God. We literally give you glory when we show up with our mess and then watch you fix it. So God, for my brothers and sisters who are hurting right now, I pray that you would supernaturally give them hope. That you would give their soul peace, even if their circumstances don't change. God, even if overnight it doesn't get better, God, would you just give their their soul this deep shalom peace, God, this rest that you are good and that you are with them and that you love them, that your thoughts about them outnumber the grains of sand on the earth, that this season of their life is of no surprise to you and you're with them. God, would you allow us as men to pursue the things that matter and to trim the things that just don't make sense for your kingdom? God, would we not be addicted to busyness for the sake of busyness, but would we say no to a lot of things so that we could say yes to making disciples, to falling in love with you, to advancing your kingdom at our work and in our neighborhoods and in our home? Um, God, for the dads who are struggling through what it looks like to love and lead their family well, Jesus, I pray that you would give them the strength, the grace, the humility. God, empower them by your spirit to love and to lead, God, in ways that you would love and lead. God, would you remind them that your spirit is in them, that it's not them on their own, but your spirit is in them, that they can actually be the fathers and the husbands and the men that you've asked them to be because your spirit is in them and with them. I love you, Jesus. We love you. Thank you for saving us. You're a good God. It's in your name we pray. Amen.